You could never take my my journey with is the antithesis of, of of Vince's journey. I was not a pretty boy that was discovered in a mall. I'm an actor that's been grinding it out my entire life. Yeah, so, so you didn't have an agent quite like Vince did. You didn't have an entourage the same way. No. What what of your experience do you think is similar to the entourage experience, or is it just so different you can't really? My, my experience is the antithesis of anything that's depicted on Entourage. Do you think uh, because this was such an intense part, even doing the press tour as your character, you said it's draining, do you think you might avoid that kind of role in the future or nah, we'll do it again? Oh, I would avoid this role in the future at all costs. I would never play this role unless, you know, they are, I mean, to play another reactive, raging Hollywood shark is, I would never do that. Um, no, but it was sure was funny. Everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And you know, it, it, as you can tell, we're in the kind of a, a light mood today because you know we're this is our you know we just did our very very mm-hmm. very successful live show, and we just feel like we're just on top of the world right now, riding I'm, high. I am on cloud, cloud nine. nine. I, I really am on cloud nine after this show. I mean. This must have been what what Led Zeppelin felt like after some of their shows. Uh, you know, I, I've just been. We, we we should cop that this is you know uh, a week after the live show, but I'm still feeling the high from it. The I party, really am. The after parties had didn't really stop until a That's few true. days after. So. That is true. So it's like we kind of are just like a half week out from it, you know, officially yeah. ending. And I'm still hungover. That's what's yeah. so crazy. Well, I haven't stopped drinking, and I don't know if I can. So, you know, I, you I drink should, so much. You should. It could be really dangerous if you stop drinking at this point, Jack. Yeah. You just so have I'm, to power just, through it. I have to sort of, what I am what I have to do is just meter myself off after that after party. So, you know, <laughs> I had about a handle and a half, you know, this morning, uh, yeah, which just, is good. It's low for me. Yeah, you, you have to cycle show. down. You have to cycle down. You can't stop. You just have to cycle down slowly, you know, lower your dosage as time goes on. And but and then you'll be good. Oh, man. You know, I, I got to say, having you in L.A., Leslie, was a huge, huge pleasure. It was a lot of fun. It was. It wasn't long enough. There are so many things I still want to show you in this town. There's so many. Th- I want to give you the Brett Easton Ellis tour. Mm-hmm. I want to take you to all of the weird places that yeah. people don't normally go to in LA. I want to take you on some hikes. I want to take you to the beach. Yeah. I want to take you outside of LA to all of the strange Southern California oddities, the tourist traps, the, the Cabo zone dinosaur, the, the casinos, the, the, the deserts, the, 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 the desperation, the hope it's uh, California is just an incredible place. One of the weirdest places on the planet. It is very- come, when you move to LA, then Leslie, it's very clear you're booked. Jonathan has got a full <laughs> slate for you. You have a lot to do. You have to go see the desperation and the dust. Uh, I, you know what I thought was that you know you were here only for uh, uh, well you were supposed to be only here for four days, but that got extended uh, an additional three because of the after parties yes. and sort of your uh, inability and unwillingness to go to the airport. Um, but I want to say that the people over at WME are really, really mad that we couldn't squeeze uh, squeeze in for you to meet with their whole team. After yes. we did like Look, all so the I- other agencies got a little bit of Leslie while you were here. And so, you know, they are 
I, I have lo- I've you know soured some relationships here, and right. I soured some relationships. No, to be fair, my voicemail blew up. Ari Emanuel was like, "I have Mohammed Ben Salman here yeah. with yeah. me. Where is Leslie?" He's the like, third? "You fucker! I'm gonna get my fucking friend <laughs> Mohammed Ben Salman to fucking do what he did to that journalist to you. You fuck." That's what he said yeah. to me on the phone. Yeah, just like him. the Ari from the Entourage show. Yeah, that would have been a great. By the way, if we want to reboot Entourage, yeah, I wish it had kept you, going. Can you imagine like the season? Yeah, where Vince. where Jeremy where Jeremy Piven has a, <laughs> uh, covers up the murder of a, a Turk a journalist in Turkey. Like, <laughs> oh man! But I I do want to say I even though I didn't get to you know see too much stuff, I did get to see a lot of cool stuff. You yeah. know, uh, Kate. Uh, Jack's, um, well, she is Jack's wife, but she does not want to be referred to as just that because she is so much more. She is so much uh, more. But Man. technically, um, Jack's wife, Kate. Yeah. Not my possession. Her. You know, you you experienced Kate, my family member who is who lives <laughs> in my life. Roommate. Roommate. No, no. Co- more than a roommate. Co-inhabitor. You know? <laughs> yeah, but she is the star of the show over here. Yeah, Kate Raft um, was very lovely uh, to me and t- drove me around to all the murder uh, sites, the True. famous murder sites. We got to see uh, one of the Manson houses, not mm-hmm. the Tate one, the other one. No, no that one's uh, too far away. Beverly Hills, come on. Yeah, we got to saw the murder house that's um, American. The LaBianca, the LaBianca house. LaBianca house, and then the um, American Horror Story um, murder house, which was really fucking oh, yeah. creepy. That um, one is fucked up. The yeah, the silver. What is the Los Feliz murder house? Yeah, I saw yeah. people mm-hmm. online one recently complaining about how all the podcasts talk about the fucking Los Feliz murder house. So guess what, folks? It's happening here too. Yeah. Yes. Well, I live in Los Feliz, and there's a murder house nearby, so what am I going to do? Not talk about the neighborhood murder house? <laughs> it is, house? like, big and scary and on top of the hill and shit. Yeah, like, we realized that everything on top of the If you live on top of a hill, like, you're going to get murdered or be a murderer. Um, and I do have to report that Jack and Kate do literally live at the top of the hill G- in given, their neighborhood. Given how much the uh, houses cost in the area, too, you probably do have to kill someone to buy property. <laughs> yeah. It's true, um, actually. You have we, to be like that horrendous dentist who hammered up his whole family. Yeah. Um, I do want to rec- um We also went to the murder hotel that the Black Dahlia, uh, Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Short, stayed at shortly before she was killed, as well as Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. And Did you know that Richard Ramirez had his own letterhead in prison that he sent to fans? Like he would stamp letters with like a like a punk like a kind of like a like a rock star looking logo and said like the Night Stalker and Lightning. I swear, he's definitely one of these guys who like look. He's a ser- he's the most punk rock looking serial killer. Like a lot of them just are like you know kind of like these pudgy white men. Or every so often you get a Ted Bundy who's a, a beauty. Bit- a pretty boy. Less bunny, but Richard Ramirez is definitely the guy, like, if he wasn't murdering people, he would have started a band. Yeah, he kind of like Beto O'Rourke. Beto 2020, Beto 2020, guys. Get ready. They have similar swagger. I they do. do. Have, do we have similar swagger? I'm on the Beto, you know, we at the show, I, th- I think I in- indicated that I was not on the Beto wagon, but a lot of the crooked guys came over for some of these after parties, and, you know, we did, I can't, I mean. They I, were I upset. Say, they I, were those upset guys are, are fucking wild. Those guys well, are wild, actually. They, our they audience. Can party. Our audience booed Beto. They booed him. We we mentioned O'Rourke during the live show, and the audience 
loudly booed. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it was probably cool. one so we of do the f- have a good audience. Yeah, I was uh, a little surprised to be honest. Like, I, I not not to say I don't like the guy, but. I guess uh, I guess people just aren't falling for it. I don't. You know? tr- I mean, I don't trust Beto O'Rourke, and also I'm like this guy's meeting with like APAC and shit. Like I'm like Beto. Beto is like the bare minimum, and yes, it would have been very good in if he beat Ted Cruz, the most fucking vile and disgusting person that's ever existed in history. Uh, yes, he's he is better than Ted Cruz, and it would have been good if uh, he had beaten Ted Cruz. So uh, it was basically that's as nice- low as bars get. That's as, the like, night- you can just you can crawl over that bar. So it's the Night Stalker versus the Zodiac Killer. (laughs) (laughs) And Zodiac wins. That's the name of the episode. Zodiac does win. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I talk to liberals in L.A. about this, I say, well, uh, why should you run this guy for president if he can't beat Ted Cruz? It's Texas. It's Texas. Like, it's Texas. It's Texas. I'm like, well, you know. Texas votes, I guess. You know what I think is like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to run anybody who the most recent memory we've had of them is them losing an election. I'm (laughs) like, I just, I'm like, you know, the guy who like, we only know from losing an election, like, yeah, let's all jump behind him. By the way, I'm like, I think all these people spent too much time in Texas. I'm like, I don't feel this like nationwide wave of Beto love and support outside of people that like work for crooked media. (laughs) You at least want to have somebody who could win their own state, right? I'm like, like, I read Dan Pfeiffer's fucking thing. I read Dan Pfeiffer's like thing of like the case for Beto O'Rourke, which I'm like, He's making the case for like this is the guy that like will employ me if uh, if he runs. <laughs> um, but I'm like I read this thing and I'm like yeah uh, I'm like he's like you know a lot of the things people are saying about Beto are what they said about Obama. I'm like yeah except like Obama won his yeah. Senate seat. <laughs> like Obama was a senator when they were saying that about him. Well, Be- Beto is in was he in the state house? He's in like or- the state. Congress or whatever, like the little baby Congress, <laughs> not the real one. Baby Congress, baby Senate. Baby, <laughs> the baby Senate. He was never in the big boy Senate like Barack Obama was. You know what I mean? Well, before before Obama came along, people used to call politicians like uh, O'Rourke uh, uh, the great white hope. Like, uh. <laughs> here comes like this white dude who like is slick as shit, is gorgeous, knows exactly the right things to say. He... W- I do like that he doesn't take super PAC money, but again, yeah, that's bare minimum. I, I, it's bare when, minimum when stuff. When his personality still reminds me of our new governor, Gavin So he's not Gavin taking Newsom. super PAC money, but I'm like, then, then like, well, whatever. It's all fine. Like, I don't want Beto. I just don't want Beto. I'm already bored talking about Beto. Yeah. Super Let's move on to something more interesting. Like, I don't know. Uh like a like a, well, like a, a the, paint drying, like yeah. paint drying on a wall. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's talk more about the show after the after show. I mean, yes. like, I am like uh, uh, this. The show was a lot of fun, and we do want to thank everybody who came out and saw us. It was like a very, it was cool to do. I mean, I can yeah, say that thank, in earnest. Thank you. That was cool. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for buying shirts and merch. Yeah, uh, you. You should have bought more pins, though. <laughs> and how few of you bought pins? I guess I mean you're not we, seeing pins in anymore. LA are used to the nicer, the ones, the uh, the what are the fuck are they called? The, the enamel pins, the yeah. enamel pins. I, I was thinking more that like some of our fans are just like they don't have like cool jackets and backpacks to put their pins on. Oh. I didn't see one like frayed denim jacket at the entire show. So, so that's, that's what you thought our fans were going to be like. I, I just don't know how much in LA is like that jacket look. 
Yeah. We're sweatpants people. Yeah, you're sweatpants people. You're definitely, well, like I was talking to my my wife, uh, Kelly, who is not just my wife, but she's so much more than that. (laughs) But she's always like, I don't know if I want to move to LA. She's, uh, you know, because everybody's always so cool there. I'm like, no, that's a misinterpretation because everybody in LA is cool just from the neck up. Yeah. Like the, the, the hair... The glasses or the shades, the makeup, all that's you know great. Everything below the neck is just like mix mismatched athletic wear. I can tell you. I actually even think it's like a power move or like an extremely rich person move. Yeah, to look like as slobby as fuck. Like the slobby. Like I've gone. I've gone. Like not to call him out. My my buddy Max. I love Max. He does not dress well. I think he would even agree that he doesn't dress well. And he's not a rich guy. But I've gone out to like fancy restaurants with him where like everyone thinks he's like a record producer. Yeah, because he (laughs) he wears scrappy and has long hair. (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned Brett Easton Ellis earlier. Like like in um. What's the what's the last book he did? We talked about it on the show the sequel to Less Than Zero. Uh, oh, Imperial Dreams. In, or Imperial, Imperial Bedrooms. Be- Imperial Bedroom. The main character is a producer, and like every time he he's talking about what he's wearing, it's like a gray hoodie, like <laughs> yeah. a gray hoodie and sweatpants, like constantly. Yeah. That's what one he's of the, one of the only actually successful independent producers I know just owns a candy shop. Like he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's not like yeah. actually it's not the producing that's making him do well. It's like, like a lot well, of producers I know are just they make money from other things. So what it is is I think it's like in. In Silicon Valley, everybody dresses like like Seinfeld, but then they like wear a hoodie over it. It's like, normcore, like wearing like normcore like jeans and like running shoes and shit. And that's because it all comes from this like Steve Jobs thing of like I want to be like the normal person. It's like an alien trying to dress how they think like a Midwesterner dresses. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, but in L.A., I think it's really like the Caligula thing. Like I think it's just people are like I like want comfort above all else. Like I I want to have like a silk sheet like across my legs like so i i, I think like it's all about uh uh you know just you know being as opulent as possible and i do have to say sweats and shit. I, I have to admit before i went i bought two pairs of sweatpants <laughs> Look, finally i can wear i'm somewhere where i can just be re- just like dress however i want sweats everyone will think i'm like rich instead of like you a gangbanger i think people i get a lot of shit and you were even giving me some trouble about this <laughs> leslie for wearing a lot of shorts I yeah a lot well, of shorts shit but i'm like let, i live no, in los let, angeles let's it's be clear no no let, let's let's not lie to the people okay jack numerous times when i was staying with you sure. you would say things like okay let me go put some pants on sure all right let me go pick up right, my pants. Okay. sorry let me make get some so pants i can address on. this and every time you were talking you would come back and you would have on shorts sure, sure. not okay. pants so i can address this. shorts to my feeling my the way i believe about this uh is that whatever you're wearing below the waist that makes it appropriate to go outside or go into establishments uh, counts as pants. That's Jack, all in the pants category. Of Jack, like, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but for the past few weeks or so, it's been getting dark at about 4.30 p.m. Sure, yes. Uh, have you been wearing longer pants now that it's getting a little chillier? <laughs> longer <laughs> shorts. Yeah. It's actually kind of getting a little nippy out. I, I mean, know, I've been I, like, wearing we, pants. I'll be honest that today... 
you know, today, this very day while recording, I found it to be too cold, and I'm wearing a pair of sweats. I'm wearing sweat Whoa. pants. Not real pants. I'm not throwing on. I'm not throwing on jeans for anything short of like an important meeting or a dinner or, or something like. Or the that. live show, which you did. I wore pants. jeans for the live show. I did wear the jeans. I had to go sit in front of everybody. I wore my jeans that have buttons where the zipper should be. I think we're thinking about this the wrong way. I think we actually should encourage Jack to wear less pants if we want to keep making money. Oh, yeah, I think? think? that there's a... The sex appeal is there. A subset of our fan base that prefers Jack to not wear pants. What do you want to say? I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, whatever's best for the Patreon, guys. Whatever (laughs) is best for the Patreon. Uh, You know, uh, all things considered, though... Thirst thirst trap Jack. That's what they call you. I was uh, was very happy with... uh, with uh, meeting so many listeners of the show, you know, yeah, like cool. just talking to people and, and, and hearing about how they got involved with or they found our podcast. Some people found it through, uh, you know, the episode where Leslie was on Chapo Trap House. Some people found it through Doughboys. Other people just found it because they were just looking on the Internet and they just stumbled upon it. Uh, there really is no clear way how to market any of these things. So to find out that word of mouth actually works is uh, it's a good feeling. It's good that people uh are finding something out of the show. It means a lot because we wouldn't be working our butts off to make it good if, you know, people didn't care. So thank you again for that, obviously. We really, really, really appreciate the support and you listening because without that, we would just be uh, yelling on the street or something. We'd just be, we'd still be yelling just to yeah. nobody. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're very We'd grateful. all be on our own individual streets, completely unaware of each other, but but yelling out things that... You know, when put together in the podcast form, you know, create something that's really special. So and pantsless. Yeah, so. we would still be pantsless. That I'm wearing change. pants right now. Leslie told me he was like, when while we were here, he was like, I always shower before we record the show. Like even when we're doing it at home, he's like, Do you do that? I was like, No, no, I do not. <laughs> I shower after, dude. See, I, I guess I just take this, you know, whole thing a little bit more serious. I do want to report Jack did shower. Before the live show, I can yes. tell everyone. Uh, I can confirm that he, he was watching. Sure, he, yes. to make sure, <laughs> make yeah. sure, make sure Leslie he wasn't just going the, there and run a the water. Logitech <laughs> camera in the shower to ensure that I actually wasn't faking. Oh uh, man, shower cam, nude and shower myself. The new, and we're we're totally redefining the slurp cam, aren't we? Oh uh, God. Oh man, that's gross. Uh, it's uh, no, I mean, look, you know, uh, we miss you. We want you back. Uh, recording in person was one of the highlights of my year. Oh, I thought you were still talking for a second there. I thought you were still talking about the people at the show, and you were. Saying, oh no, no, no! I was talking, no, like, I'm talking about Leslie. <laughs> no, we met. No, like, like legitimately. You. No, but legitimately. Liz, Leslie, I do wish you were out here. It was, it was a, uh, uh, it was a pleasure to have you here, and uh, you know, but it seemed it was not, it was you know fun. Maybe, it was a, maybe, it was maybe in the fun. end, maybe in the end, Jack and I should move to Leesburg. Is <laughs> but you'll be well. I, I have good news for you. You'll be paying the exact same amount in rent for a lot less space, and completely, a, you know, like a ninety minutes away from the nearest thing resembling a city. And so it's actually even less space. DC, wow, it, even even less space. Um, ninety minutes from DC, um, and you know, which is of course a much worse city than Los well, Angeles. Why? So. Why is that? Why is Leesburg getting so pricey? Just government workers, or yeah, it, it, yes, the um, the way they're doing the developments, they're all like these, like across, like literally across the street from me, there's half a million dollar 
four-story townhouses, which are like so fucking narrow. Yeah. Fucking four-story, like it's two, it's two to a like unit. It's like a split. Like you're connected to another townhouse. You're paying half a fucking million dollars to live <laughs> in the fucking townhouse. I don't know how if people know how horrible like townhouses are in Northern Virginia, but no human would want to ever live there. It's like one of the tiny homes from um like those TLC shows except they just have more floors to them and it's a ha- and it's next to the sewage plant um and you're paying a half million dollars for that so of course I'm paying like 1800 for like a one bedroom near nothing except like a grocery store and a movie theater with like four screens yeah that That's makes what- no sense i mean my my place my place costs a little less. I mean, I'm rent yes. controlled, but yeah, it costs a little less, and you're in fucking Los Angeles. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we got to get you out here, man. Yeah, uh, I'm rent controlled over here now too. It's like that. Now I'm like, you can't even like, you got to make sure to hold on to rent controlled places. Yeah, you like, just can't leave. Is the yeah. thing. I've been in my place for five and a half years, and uh, I just don't. As much as I would love some type of to move to a place with some type of backyard space or something like that, because I really, really desperately want. A, a dog and I feel like it'd be mean without a little patio area for the dog to pee or whatever. Uh, I just, I just can't go anywhere. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, you can't like uh, an apartment in, uh, you know, the center Northeast part of LA East Hollywood for, for $1,600 is, is an impossibility. Um, and so I just, I'm going to be here forever, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, at least until the real estate market crashes. I mean, I was talking to my grandma. My grandma, she's 93, and she moved to L.A. in the late 40s from Canada. I mean, mm-hmm. she was, went to she was you know, she went to Canada from Poland in the 30s, and then to L.A. in the in the 40s. And the first house she ever bought, she bought in 1953 for I believe fifteen thousand dollars. And she said she sold it for $16,000 six years later. I looked up that house in a neighborhood called Arlita, which is uh, not particularly a lively neighborhood. It's a lower middle class suburb that's mostly white and Hispanic. And uh, there's really nothing to do around there. That house, was, which, which had not been remodeled since the 60s, was going for $530,000 fucking dollars. <laughs> it's the same house that my grandma lived in. Nothing Jeez. has changed, and the value went up. I mean, such an insane percentage. Like, I think about that a lot because I'm like, I, I, I have lived in Los Angeles my whole life, and it feels weird because I don't. I mean, look, I'm never going to be a homeowner, and I've come to grips with that, and that's fine because, frankly, the ownership of property seems like a curse now rather than a gift because you, you know, all you can really do is subjugate people and make extra money. You don't get to actually uh let property uh you know none of this is natural or organic it's all pumped through the real estate industry and it's all just so vcs can become landlords and so i don't really want to play that game but at the same time there is something a little depressing about knowing that you won't be able to do what your parents and grandparents did and like that's the nature of the downwardly mobile middle class and if you're a piece of shit it's very easy to become a reactionary with that background frankly so, you know, I do my best to to deal with both the sadness of knowing that I may not be able to live in LA my whole life uh versus, you know, the the uh the reality of, well, 
there are a whole lot of people who are never going to be able to do that either. And so, you know, it's it's a balancing act, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, should we, you know, guys, should we talk about whether or not we're going to do more live shows at all? Yeah, because that was, you know, a point of contention, you know, because we did the live show. It was the first ever live podcast show that's been done. And, you know, it was really special. Like, it's something that's never, ever happened before. If you didn't get tickets and didn't experience it, um, like, too bad, really. Like, you don't deserve another chance like mm. you you we gave you every opportunity to get there see this once in a lifetime thing and i'm sorry if you live in chicago you know uh new york um san, san diego i even had some people from san diego belly aching about oh you should come to a live show in minnesota I got yeah, like like no no we had the live show <laughs> it was on it was in los angeles that's we the one the <laughs> and that's it you yeah, shouldn't we, get we another one this is going to be like a tour we were like this is the live show you know and that's it you know i'm not, I'm not like we but we have you know that was my feeling before but we did discuss it and we thought you know maybe maybe we'll do a second one just i don't know i mean after this like this this like this last one it was really nice to meet everybody but the partying like the lifestyle i'm not sure if i can do it i really am not sure it was a lot it's just that you left us rage like i don't know like the kratom flowed like wine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and like you know when you when you have all these leftists here and then we of course we had all the hollywood people there you know we had i mean the two intermingle so well and so naturally of course i mean right you get the agents out from wme and an underground leftist podcast show and it's like these are their people you know yeah. what i mean like these we people refer to this their... as synergy yeah in the synergy, world of business yeah. <laughs> and then of course we had all the you know the glitterati the you know the kumail nanjianis well the andy richter hangers on they, a little bit the, 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 all those people you know they they came out too and you know, uh, it's like I, we don't, you know, guys, it's like there's only so many seats in the green room, okay? Like, it's like this has got to be a little bit more of a godfather situation where they you had to come pay in, full price for your piece. And get, yes, we should say nobody got comp. We did not, we don't do any comps for uh, any reason whatsoever. Anyone, yeah, any, Kate, anybody. <laughs> Kate had nope. to pay. Kate did pay. <laughs> Kate, paid. Kate did have to pay. Um, and actually, she paid for a seat at the show, and then we made her pay for her seat at the merch booth, too. Yes. Because we were too. like, this is a separate seat. That you're going to be sitting in through the show, yeah. Even if you don't, and she and she did do a wonderful job of announcing, but we did um, have to talk her, dock her pay a little because she went over time. Yeah. Um, we gave her a strict, you know, ninety seconds for all the announcements. Mm-hmm. And she went over it, so we, so she, she still owes us a little bit of money. It was kind of well, it's not, it's not a, a few pay. thousand okay, dollars. So it's the kind of thing. I read, about, I read about this today. Do you guys know about the, how Amazon does the uh, tips for for drivers there? They don't, right? Um, well, what it is, they do. So what it is is, they, you know, they say that you get 100% of your tip. And what it is is you do get 100% of the tip, and then they dock that amount from your hourly pay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. That's, not, that's not a tip. That's that's losing money. Well, no, you're getting the tip. It, it just evens out to the exact amount. They just don't pay you for that amount of tip. So anyways, that's what we kind of were doing with Kate. We did like a situation where it was like if she went over, her pay got docked by that amount, of, like a dollar a second kind of thing. Okay. Right. It's yeah, but, a, and by the but, way, now that um, Crooked Media and Disney Fox are planning on sponsoring us in the, yes. in the future, yes. as we talked about a little in our live show, yeah. uh, 
we we uh, plan on having more animated mascots yes. at these shows. So uh, if we end up in New York, inshallah, we end yeah. up in Chicago, we yeah. end up in San Diego. Uh, you shouldn't say inshallah because that's one of the things that we talked about with uh, with Disney Fox. And right, the guys yeah. Crooked. We can't no, say no, 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 they like said no anymore. religion. I know, I know, yeah. I know. And, and more importantly than that, it's not if God wills it, it's if we will it, uh, yeah. right, frankly. We are a higher power but, um, on, on this show. I, I, I am very excited to announce that John Favreau has been hired to be our creative visual effects director. Yes, yes. So yes. the, the uh, Lion King John Favreau, not the crooked John Favreau. Right. It's a little complicated having two John Favreaus. There's two in the, John Favreaus in the, in in the mix right now, and it yeah. is a fucking the emails. I mean, you wouldn't believe who gets CC'd. Uh, so uh, so we have we have John Favreau doing messaging, and yes. then we have John Favreau doing the visuals. Yes. And so, uh, you by can the way. Imagine. By the way, like these uh, these CG struggle session boys, they look incredible. They're very like, funny. They're very funny, and they're a lot more likable. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, and they're all also just better, more replicatable. To be yeah. honest with yeah. you, like you can you can three D print that as a toy. I mean, you, you can make that a keychain. It's just you like, could have holograms. It's a lot more consistent. Do live shows. Yeah, so I, I, have like a I have my my so my wind up Leslie Lion the third is so cute with its mane. They uh, they uh, uh, they you know a lot of people were asking about us doing live shows, and so we're trying to see if we can get the hologram thing worked out, so we could just send the struggle holograms like Leslie Lion the third. Well, we uh, hired the the guy who made the Reagan hologram for CPAC yes. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, he's he's brilliant, by the way. He yes. worked. He was an assistant on the Tupac hologram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the Reagan hologram is incredible. It's like it's like being in the room with the with the old guy himself. You know, yeah, what he's I mean? like, it's where like he's where's the peanut him. butter, Nancy? Where's the peanut butter? It's like he reaches. You're for holding a, it. <laughs> he reaches for a, a jelly bean, and his hand passes through the jar. It's incredible. <laughs> We did come to a consensus, yes. and so we're giving you fair warning, okay? Yes. We will be doing another live show in the yes. coming months in New York freaking city. In Whoa. New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. The home and birthplace of President Trump himself. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, if you wear your Amazon jumpsuit, you get 50% <laughs> off your ticket at the door. Okay. Now that you're all property. And this might be, this might be. The last actual live. I mean, we'll send the holograms around. I mean, that's yeah. that's just free money. That's like an engine that runs itself. You know what I mean? That's just that's passive income. But this might be the actual live, you know, last live struggle session show. Ever. Yeah, very likely. Very likely. Yeah. We are going to be partnering up with, of course, our good friend, Katie Halper, True. who already runs the city, basically, <laughs> with her. She's there, the godmother of the Dirtbag Left. Katie Halper. Yes, yes. <laughs> she she runs it, um, and but we will be doing a live show currently in the early planning stages now. Early planning stages. If you want to go ahead, now you can't buy tickets yet, but if you did want to go ahead and give us some money, yeah. um, some seed money, feel free. Feel yeah, free. I mean, we've got to, so here's here's the plan. We've got to get our flights over to New York City, and then we've, uh, we're probably going to be okay in terms of places to stay. We all know people there. But we've got. But a, if you but, want, if you have, if you a work couch, at a hotel or something, yeah, please, you know, like give us like, a free hey, room. There's extra <laughs> rooms, you know. We'll mention it in the show. I'll be yeah. like the folks over at the Marriott uh, by Times Square. Yeah, that's thank a great. You. That's a great place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to Jim's Airbnb in the Bronx. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so we are going to be coming out. We are going to be coming out. I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think it's going to be yes. sooner rather than later. So we've got to lock down a venue. We've got to lock down If you're thinking about moving dates. to New York right now, I mean, just do it on the quick. Do it. You know what I yeah, mean? Get yeah. it done. Like, pull the trigger already. I would never do that. I would never want to live in that city. But if you're thinking about it, you should do it. Yeah. And uh, if you if you listen to the Katie Halper show, uh just uh, you know, let them know how excited you are to have have uh, have us team up with them. You know, the demand from the fans is what keeps Wait, essentially. Katie's gonna have going. us. We don't oh, need no. we don't need them to be tweeting at her, being like, "Have struggle session on the show." No, no, I didn't mean I didn't mean like I just meant like in a like yay like get pumped way. Yeah, talking. let's all get pumped, everybody. Yeah, I didn't mean Come like on. harass Katie and Gabe. Yeah, get the, get to Katie, get to Katie and Gabe, and be like, "We demand struggle session." <laughs> no, no, they like us. Uh, that's not the issue. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get that buzz going, yeah, um, let's get the buzz yeah. going. Everybody. Well, you know, where's the street speaking, team? Speaking of buzz, um, I, I, there's something I needed to address with um, both uh, Jack and Jonathan Uh-oh. on this show. Let me just um, pull it up. Let's there was a small issue, um, something that you know really kind of bothered me. Um, so there was a article on Vulture um, yes. listing the 2000 nominees for 2018's top 1000 comedians. Uh, yes. Curated by a very funny guy, uh, name of Zach uh, Broussard, who's been doing this since 2014. Yeah. And, you know, he listed, you know, the 2000 nominees. And I did a couple of control Fs. You know, I did the control <laughs> uh, um, to see, you know, who that I knew that was on uh, made the list. And I was, uh, you know, n- nice to he- saw, see that Jack, um, you made the list. Yes. Uh, as long as, as, as well as uh, your family, your esteemed, most important family member, Kate Raft. She's my most important family member. <laughs> yeah. Kate Raft was also on the list. Yeah. As well as um, Jonathan Daniel Brown. Yeah. Of Struggle this Session. Is, so. uh, did it, well, well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Jack Allison. You have Jonathan Daniel Brown. Works for me. Who is there? Some, maybe somebody else that goes with those two. Are you a comedian? Yeah. Uh, am I a comedian? I'm I the funniest person on this show. So, so just so you know, this I is a, Leslie's a comedian. I'm, I'm, I'm a comedian. This, is a, this <laughs> podcast is funny. It is, <laughs> it is the, funny. It's a funny. I would say it's a comedy show. Look, I, I'm vain enough to know that this is my third year on this list. You never took UCB <laughs> classes. You never took UCB. Like is that a requirement? So. Yeah, unfortunately. No, here's here's the requirement. The requirement is: Have you been Zach Brassard's Facebook friend before? Do that's you know it. this guy? Like, yeah, that's really what it is. It's like he's like on, I, he follows me on Twitter now, and I wasn't on the list before he followed me. And what he does is he leaves off famous people every year who always get mad. It's like very Leslie. funny. So he's actually doing. You fell for the You're trick. You're falling for it. You fell for it. I'm he left falling. off a famous person, Leslie this Lee III. This does not change anything for me. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. He follows you. What is in your bio? Struggle session. You go there. You see Jonathan Daniel Brown. You see Jack Allison. You see Leslie III. He went to Jack A.M., and saw Kate Raft and put well, her on she, the list. He, she's a comedian. To be fair, in her he own also right. left off Rich she's Voss. She's a comedian in her own right. He didn't go to Jack A.M. and find Kate. He probably know. There's a lot of people that work with Kate on this list that are not, you know, Jack okay. A.M. He probably okay. knows Kate all his own. Okay. We should this get is Zach the nominees the show, anyway. There's there's no promise we'll Mike make it Mitchell to the Mike Mitchell is on the list. You're telling me he thinks Mike Mitchell is funnier than is I Nick, am? Is Nick Weiger on the list? Let's see. Weiger's on the list. 
Yeah. I, I, I am interested. I guess I am interested in who's going to be the thousand. Like, am I going to am I going to make the thousand? I made it last year. I think Zach's a funny guy, and I do think this is a funny bit. But I'm like, I'm annoyed even to be falling into the trap of talking about it. Yeah, just by acknowledging it, he wins. I know. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm on this list, so I, suppose a, I have he, to tweet it out. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy yeah, Piven. Jeremy Piven's not a comedian. See, he's like looking for things to fill. Yeah. Uh, it, he buys a billboard every year too to tell people to go check yeah. out the list. Like people, uh, especially in LA, take this list very, very seriously, and it's very. Do funny they because, really? Yeah, Do because they? lists lists have so much fucking power. Lists like and and I mean I do blame like Vulture and BuzzFeed and so many of these blogs that are like responsible I for I getting blame comedians them. to 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 like get themselves out there. Like these lists are just way too effective at breaking people's brains. So what Zach is doing is very very funny and it I is just very think, funny. <laughs> I think it's been funny. He's been doing it for four years and there are still comedians who get very angry. Steve Harvey tweeted at him, but I think it was well Steve Harvey's assistant. That's Probably. so funny. <laughs> Tweeted from his account. I he always leaves list. off. He left off Louis C.K. this year, uh, which is, well, I guess, well, like, an, I mean, well, well, he's not going to make any of these lists anyway. And he yeah, but he's, not, any- but he's not going to, but he's not going to write, like, y- y- you know, like, Rich Voss is the kind of guy who would write to Zach Broussard being mad. Steve Harvey, like, C.K. doesn't tweet because he's busy jerking off or whatever. And, C.K.'s and- not getting on the list. Why, why are we talking about C.K.? Where did C.K. come up? Oh, because he just wasn't there. Like... <laughs> But he wouldn't be on there anyway. Normal, even yeah, he didn't do comedy. He's not a comedy comedian anymore. He, he didn't do comedy at all this year. I mean, I guess he did. He, he did, did show up at the end of the year and start doing. He's comedy. dating a French comedian now. Yeah. Now they're doing European stuff. I bet he just moves to France. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, he moves to France. That is the logical endpoint for this journey. I would say, uh, especially with all of the black and white shit he likes to make. Yeah, Elizabeth make, Moss. Like, black Elizabeth and Moss is on this list. She's yeah, not see, funny. She's also a Scientologist. See, I, I knew it was some LA bullshit. I thought season two of uh, of that show was pretty funny. The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale was Tale. a laugh riot. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I I just want to say, you know, even though I didn't make the list, I'm, I'll still be rooting for you guys to actually make in, into the top 1,000. We'll let Zach know you belong on next year's list. In fact, you belong on this year's list. I want to be the only one that gets through. I just want to be clear <laughs> about that. I want to be the only one that gets to the 1,000 okay. of even, us and of anybody even, I know, to be honest with you. And, and so, Kate, she's you're, you're trying to not even Kate? Look, we live in a competitive. There's economy. no way Kate's going to listen to minute 44 of this episode of Struggle Session. Yeah, even Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Silverman is on this list. She's not. Come on. I mean, come on. Laura Zach, Silverman did one this of the is funniest such a- things. Laura Silverman turning into like a 14 year old uh, teenager, like, was one of the. Did you remember that, that, that thing where she was. Um, God, it's like she was. Let me find that great old Laura Silverman. JDB, nobody. I was. The joke was that I literally have never seen Laura Silverman do anything but tweet. Like, oh, I've seen her on Cabaret. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nobody knows what she's done, I don't think. You uh, know what? I got to appreciate the CAA agent who said, Jonathan, I know you used to be with us and you told us all to die, but we still want to re-sign you because Struggle Session is so good. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that's, the be- that's the best part about doing the live shows. Like all the people who doubted us, who hated on us, who said we could never do it, coming to our live show and just admitting 
to that they were wrong and that we were right and then the whole audience clapping and applauding yeah. that that was one of the best parts of the show yeah when we had on everyone yes. who had ever wronged us in the entertainment industry yep. apologizing on stage mm-hmm. it's beautiful to me to be honest with you i liked it it's all good uh you can't control what other people do on stage but the kissing our feet and our like <laughs> shoes was like it's it was nice. I liked it. I enjoyed having it happen, but I feel like it was a weird stage picture. Was yes. how everyone, you know, got on their knees and well, that's why we took it out of the begged, headliner and begged uh, us to forgive them. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, you were right. We, you were right when you were yelling Trump was going to win. You, we, we were so right. I was so wrong uh, to say Hillary was right. Uh, hey, uh, I was so uh, wrong to call you a Bernie bro. Meanwhile. Uh, who's excited for the next two years, huh? Who's excited for the two years we got coming up here? <laughs> we got some nothing changed. It's about to get bad. It's about to get re- like, man, the stuff I've been like, yes, it's been really. Well, the left bad. punching is already beginning it's to starting. intensify. It is starting now it's that the Democrats bad. have the House, they're punching left immediately. Well, and also, like, people are starting to like stake their claims of like it can't be people over seventy. It can't like it's like every and it's Beto. This I'm like, man, oof, these people like they didn't learn. They didn't learn. No, and nothing's it's gonna be been bad. Learned. It's going to be really bad. Yeah, I'd say so. I <laughs> think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> uh, you know, the Steam sale was really nice. I got myself Hitman on Blood Money for two bucks and fifty cents. I got near Automata for twenty five dollars. It's so good. It's so and good. I just uh, yeah, I'm at the very very beginning, and it's yeah. incredible going from bullet hell shooter to action role playing game with bayonetta style combat. I'm yeah. already hooked. It's I'm so really good. interested to did see. Did you get how, game over? Did you die? And I haven't died over? yet, but I I did do I did get a U ending. Which was ah. very funny, uh, where I, I walked, I, I, uh, I, I self-destructed inside my home base oh. to be self-destructed inside the home base. And it just fast-forwarded through the credits and sent me back to the base to write bef- the cutscene before it began. It's really interesting to see how all the colors are washed out when you're uh, in 2B's POV. But then when you switch outside, the colors begin to shine more brightly Uh it's it's uh it's like this weird drab spooky game and I can't wait to see where it goes. It's great. Uh and then um I also saw on sale which I'm not going to pick up because I'll uh, say really quickly sorry just because I've played through Near and I I it, it I think like it does have this kind of drab and weird sort of like feel to it but there's a lot of like you know sort of silliness and fun in that game i would say maybe more than in like seems at first like it's mm-hmm. got a lot of that kind of like japanese game goofiness to it well that I one love. thing that i i definitely appreciate is how multiple characters have reminded me so far that there's no auto save <laughs> like, <you laughs> i love that ha- in games i really you, do yeah there's like just remember you can't save there's no auto save so you, you've got to save on your own yeah like, multiple people have told me that <laughs> which is very <laughs> funny um and frankly, because I spent the last month uh, playing Fallout New Vegas and taking down Caesar's Legion and then dismantling the new California Republican Mr. House playing for an independent. Oh, that sounds so great. Um, I, I read all your, tweet, uh, all your tweets and all your talk about how great Fallout New Vegas was. So yeah. I decided to try and play Fallout New Vegas. And what happened was I was getting graphical glitches. And so I started systematically shutting down all the mods that I had on it to make the game more fun, playable, and better looking. Um, it was the last mod that I shut off that was causing the glitch. And so mm. when I um, reinstalled all the other mods, the game no longer worked. 
Um, it would not boot up. And so I just deleted the whole fucking thing. Man, that happens. Do you what? What is your mod manager? Do you use Vortex or do you use uh, MME? Or I should not have to know this. Okay. I should not have to know that. But there's a mod manager. If you okay, it took me Leslie. about a half an hour to set up all the mods correctly for New Vegas. But once you do, it is worth it. I want to go back a second here because I think this is out of character. To be honest with you, Leslie. First of all, you're like I shouldn't have to do this. I'm I'm sorry, Leslie. You're playing PC games now. This yeah. is something that you have to do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's part like, of the deal. You know, the, the upside comes with downsides, too. This is a double-edged sword. And so when you say this isn't something I should have to do, unfortunately, it is. You're playing yeah, I mean, on PC the new, now. The, the PlayStation 3 version has no mods at all. Neither right. is the Xbox 360 version. Right. And it, you know, it takes 75 seconds to load everything. Right. And it looks like shit. Yeah. But if you want the game to look good. You want to play with mods? And you want if to If you want to play, for example, I've heard this is really good. I've heard that the new California, like, total conversion mod is supposed to be really good. And I kind of want to play it. I, I just started the new California mod. It is absolutely wild that a, a tiny team of five people in the middle of Europe could just throw together such a... Di- I mean, there's multiple radio stations. There's... Oh, that's great! That's that's a ton fant- of dialogue, oh, amazing. A ton of, I mean, completely uh, different oh, character paths. Side it quests. sounds so fun and exciting. Could possibly someone maybe just put together like a torrent file with a working <laughs> game with all the mods already on it? Could that possibly happen in the right. ten you know years yeah, since it we'll, came we'll out? We'll try to get that. We'll try to get that put together for you, grandfather. Yes. I was modding. I was modding Duke Nukem 3D when I was yeah. 11 years old. Right? Look, Back in I've my day, we always up before. to my ass in wads. <laughs> Look, I played Fallout 3, which means, and Skyrim. I, I used a lot of the mods. It's if worse you on Skyrim, New Vegas. Then you know, then you know the last New Vegas. It's worse. It's the same engine. <laughs> it's worse on New Vegas. It's, it's worse for some reason. It's okay. just like, it's, it could it should are, just be simpler. I'm going to send you some guides. There are a few, like, um, like step one, step two, step guides, three. Guides, plural. There should not be multiple guides yeah. for the mods. There should be one thing. These Again, are the mods you need. PC gamer now, Leslie. Well, take it, take it up with Bethesda because they haven't stopped using the same engine for 20 fucking years. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, the, Bethesda uses the Gambrio engine, which they forced Obsidian to use for New Vegas, even though, you know, they had their own engine with Van Buren Fallout 3, which was, you know, canceled and then became... Bethesda's Fallout 3, and now Bethesda has wa- wants nothing to do with Obsidian's team, and Obsidian's getting bought by Microsoft anyway, and everyone's split around, like the head writer of New Vegas is now at Sony, um, you know, he wrote Horizon Zero Dawn, John Gonzalez, and uh, J.E. Sawyer and Chris Avalon don't get along anymore, so Fallout New Vegas is not only just a pivotal moment in role-playing games, but it is like a all-star dream team of some of the best of the best of the, the CRPG industry. Uh, and it'll never happen again, especially now that Bethesda wants to, unfortunately, uh, do whatever the fuck they're doing with Fallout. This is a disgrace. All right, so let's get into Fallout 76. Um, everybody's very, extremely mad about it. I'm not because it seemed like it was going to be what it is from the beginning. It does feel it does feel a little like like a stop hitting yourself kind of situation. Like I didn't right. buy the game and I'm happy to like make fun of it, and everything like that. But like, yeah, I'm like, uh, why? Like what game companies expect? shouldn't be putting this shit out. Like, but it is the new world we live in. Like, don't 
like reward them for doing this. Right. Like stop pre-ordering. <laughs> stop fucking pre-ordering. No, no, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, is it even fast that like if you bought this game, like what else could you have possibly expected other than like a janky version of Fallout with like a bunch of assets cut and pasted into it with yeah. you know a not very well thought out multiplayer element? Because of course they were adding the multiplayer element for financial reasons, not because it's the games as a service data grift. Yeah, not because they actually thought that fallout was a good game for multiplayer because no one thinks that you didn't think that when you bought this so uh in fact fallout is the opposite of multiplayer yes it is the most single player game ever yeah yeah so um i don't know what you were expecting um but if you bought this game and you're unhappy with it you probably deserve it you probably you know like instead of going to steam and leaving you know a bad rating you should like go to your facebook page and like thumbs down all yourself you know leave yourself a bad rating because you fell for i don't know what it wasn't even marketed you fell for nostalgia you fell for fandom you fell for the brand because once a brand becomes entrenched in american pop culture uh there is always going to be a subset of fans who will just buy anything with the name of it on it. Like, I which could write- never should have happened with Fallout because all these games are so like, like there are not that many good Fallout games, and even the good ones you have to install twenty mods to get them to work. You can't install yeah, mods on so the online it. New game. Vegas truly like <laughs> there the emergent the fa- the use of factions in New Vegas is unlike anything I've ever experienced in any other game. Let me just give you an example of how cool the emergent gameplay is in New Vegas. Oh, it oh, it sounds exciting. I was working for the New California Republic. I was a courier, you know, your main character is a courier. I was working for the New California Republic, and I was on a mission to wipe out the Great Cons, which was a gang, it's a gang of uh, chem-producing roamers who are vicious but live by kind of a code of honor. And so... I decided after hanging out with the great cons that I didn't really want to kill them anymore. I liked them quite a lot. So I decided to flip over to Caesar's Legion. I met over with Caesar's Legion, realized he's a slaver and a murderer. I mean, I knew it, but my character didn't uh, and was disgusted. So then I went to Mr. House and Mr. House said, okay, you can join me and help me out, but I need you to kill the Brotherhood of Steel. Well, I like the Brotherhood of Steel, but you know what? He made the argument that the Brotherhood was doing really fucked up stuff, and I had just come back from a trip to this place called the Divide, where a, a, a psychopath who used to be with the Brotherhood of Steel was threatening to launch a bunch of nukes. So I was like, okay, I could kill all these guys. So I wipe out the Brotherhood, and I just felt really bad because I'm a murderer, you know, a serial murderer now. I just killed like 40 people. So I go up but to that's Mr. What House. Sessions all about. I Jonathan, go up to Mr. House. Still enjoy it, even though you're killing people. Yeah, and Mr. House gives me some crack about like how it's good. They're all dead, and I just lose it, and I kill Mr. House. And all of this happens. These are all the main quest givers of the game, and I'm just like rolling through them. And this is just by my own narrative choice. I killed Mr. House, and then I went down to Caesar's, uh, where, where Caesar and his legion were camped out, and I killed Caesar. And then I was finally, like, I, I killed all the leaders of the factions, and I and I began working for the Yes Man, whose goal is to create an independent New Vegas. Now, that was all stuff that happened in... You can do the entire game in any order you want. If you played the game and met with the Brotherhood of Steel first before you met with the other factions, the entire playthrough could have gone differently. How I went down that path was completely organic to that one playthrough, and no other game has offered that type of emergent storytelling. None of that Bethesda, like, you have unlimited characters who go up to you and give you, like, a thing that you have to get, like, unlimited fetch quests dynamically generated. You don't need that shit. You just need good characters, good factions, good stories. 
storytelling. And then you can let the player tell their own adventure. And uh, no series has done that as well as Fallout, and no game has done that as well as New Vegas. Fight me. I don't think I'm going to fight you. Uh, <laughs> let, me inst- let me install some mods that don't work first. <laughs> it takes a while. It's a it's an eight year old game. Uh, I want to quote. I want to quote a uh, a legend in the gaming community uh, on his opinion of Fallout New Vegas. He said, "Fallout New Vegas. It's slow. The load screens take forever. Too much talking. It froze once. I can't stop playing it. That's iced tea." Wow. Ice-T gets it. Ice-T gets it. Ice-T gets it. Man, I got to go play some Fault New Vegas. Twitter is crazier this morning than the fucking Wastelands. He gets it. That's a gamer. That's a real gamer right there. Okay, counterpoint. John Carpenter said that actually Fallout 76 is good. I know, and that actually gives me pause. I'm like... Yeah, but his eyes don't work I'm like, perhaps perhaps I'll buy this when it's $2 in a week. Fallout 76 is probably good if you want to shoot super mutants and ghouls. I think it's going to be an absolute... friends with them... I think it's going to be totally fun when that game costs $5 very soon. <laughs> and I'll be like, sure, I'll like fuck around and fall out the like open world edition. Well, Jack, you showed me the footage that they straight up reskinned oh a God. dragon. Well, we from should, we Skyrim. should, some spoilers. That's spoilers, right? I mean, I don't know if people want spoilers. There's but. no NPCs. <laughs> How is that a spoiler? So apparently, yeah, apparently somebody sent, uh, put on a video that the final boss in Fallout 76 is just a dragon from Skyrim. <laughs> it's like one of the dragons, but with like a different texture on it. It's unbelievable. A scorch beast, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, there's, uh, there's no NPCs. Bird. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there's there's no there's no morality. There's no NPCs. You find audio logs, Bioshock style. The PvP hasn't been touched yet. Like it's not ready. This is and, and the Gamebryo netcode is extremely easy to hack. So nice. so there are going to be mods, Leslie. There, there will, will be mods. mods. <laughs> well, yeah, there will be mods. It just uh, they're just gonna have to. There's not gonna be an anti cheat system. There's gonna be mods that's that gonna make be good it so it's impossible to play without the mods because people yeah. can see you through the walls and shit. In fact, you might even have to start buying like the mods on the dark net or something <laughs> stupid. If you, I, um, you know, Grand Theft Auto Online and Fallout seventy six look like they're gonna be in very similar places soon because it's just like Grand well, Theft Auto Online game company wants is just like a game that's like passive income like a yeah want to leave the machine going once because I mean you do spend a lot of time making these like game engines but like I just wish they would be putting out like multiplayer modes you know what I mean like I truly like I, I truly do believe that the that that turning multiplayer gaming into games as a service will be what causes the next gaming crash the same way that you know, the 80s had their crash with too much Atari crap, too much shovelware. The games as a service business is doomed to fail because it is just about consuming everything and anything. And by taking that from the mobile game casino market, you will lose people. Like, especially the more you take these beloved brands and milk the shit out of them, the more people will not trust them. I mean, it's 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 the most obvious shit in the world. And these these companies, either they realize it or they have it in their business model that it will happen and they just have to prepare another franchise to milk. Well, you know what I'm playing? And this has nothing to do with milking anything from anybody. And I'm about to start playing it today and I won't hear a word about it from either of you. Okay? 
Cow Simulator. Are you you both promise not to try to convince me not to? Yes, yes. I make no promises. I'm going to be starting to play Final Fantasy 14 online, the MMO. Whoa, of, you're uh, very late. It's Wait, like whoa, every- whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm not saying don't play Final Fantasy 14. What I will say is you need to play 12 first, bro. I need to play 12 first? No, well, yes. I, I have a friend, Max, is going to play it with me. Maybe you mm. guys should get it, too. Uh, but we're How much playing. does it cost? Is it F2P now? Or? It is still. It's not free to play. It still costs money. I think it's like $15, $15 a month. A to month. I know. To play a seven-year-old MMO? But they've added a whole... It's all new. The realm is reborn. There's mm. all new uh It was reborn like five years I ago. I know, but there's a new... Now it's Stormblood. <laughs> now it's Stormblood out there. I just want a game... I like online persistent. I like MMOs. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. And I've heard well, no, very good I, things about the Final Fantasy uh, uh, 14 game. But, you know, it's like um, if you think about vanilla World of Warcraft uh, versus like the state of MMOs today. Yeah. It is interesting how the I mean, look at like, did you ever play Star Wars Galaxy years back? Like you could gain experience being a bartender in one of those cantinas yeah. and like you never even had to fight. Like there was much more of an emphasis on you have to play with other people. Now I've noticed that a lot of MMOs like have options for the solo player, which I don't totally understand. Yeah. I, I, maybe that started with Destiny or something, or maybe that started with Diablo back in the 90s. But uh, I've <sighs> seen just lately a big trend in like, this is an MMO, like Fallout 76. Like it's online, it's persistent. I think it's just because you like, can also that's play like, it alone. When you're building a game engine like that, like that's a natural thing to want to do is just be like, okay, we built the engine, like let everybody run around in it and charge them every month for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, uh, although I do hear 14, I started playing 14 once before, but my friends, like, I think it was when Destiny came out and everyone was like, we're going to play Destiny instead. Um, uh, Give it a couple of months and then uh, invite. If there are any uh, struggle sesh listeners who are also in the land of, is it Vanna Deal? What? Vanna Deal? Isn't that the land? I haven't played it yet. I haven't started again yet. I haven't started. So I'm not like necessarily, I'm not familiar yet with what the story is going to be, but. uh, I'm kind of excited to play it. I want to play an RPG. Plus, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy games. I want to play. I don't want to. I want to get back to playing some online games. I and I don't love all the modern like forty minute long games where you just do the same thing every single time, and it doesn't make a number go higher. I want the number to go higher after I do the <laughs> same thing every single time. I feel you. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack. I don't know if I can support this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say you're go skipping for over it. twelve. There's no rules anymore. You're we skipping, live in a new world. Skipping over twelve, and I feel it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Well, I might go back as well, but I'm playing with Max. But you know, you guys should. You know, let's all let's all consider getting very addicted to Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> in the year 2018. Why not? Why not? What's wrong with that? All right, Nello, be praised. All right, well, that's struggle session, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. See See you later. Bye, everybody.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.